Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Sem Says Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Brown. I'm here with Ebenezer Wattswat, Lewis Muggleface, and Drew Dangway. (laughs) (laughs) Two of those names are real. (laughs) You decide. (laughs) You decide. We're going to have a vote. Please, please vote below on which of those two names should be the real ones. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, I'm here with Nikolai Berlinski. Howdy, hey. Andrew St. Dennis. Hey, hey. And Drew Tangway. I refuse to respond. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Now, I've got a question for the three of you. Yeah? I have an answer. Why are we here? Well, depends on what philosophy you follow. You see... There's a lot of possibilities, all of which I don't know. I think we're here to record a podcast. That's a novel idea. I don't think any philosopher (laughs) has posed that. (laughs) Granted, they all would. I believe it's written intrinsically in the soul of man to plant a tree, have a son, and start a podcast. That's right. Yeah. When you hit 23, that golden age for podcasting. Well, that's that's the moment in every Catholic's life where he comes to know... The Catholic podcasting is all that he is to do right there. Man. It is his life. It is his duty. It is his fault he didn't lock the garage. It is truly right and just. Right. No, seriously, what are we doing here? That's a question that seminarians are asked and should ask themselves periodically is what are we doing here? Mm. The four of us are here at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary to be formed into good priests. So this means that we are studying philosophy, theology, bettering ourselves with hobbies and fellowship, fraternity, enriching ourselves with culture. So the question I have for our listeners is, why are you here? That's right. We are starting this podcast as a resource that we can express ourselves, but also let the world know what are seminarians like. We want to show them that we're kind of semi-normal people, maybe, and give you an insight into our lives here. Yeah, we'll try and cover some interesting topics that have to do with life at the seminary, as well as maybe just some fun, interesting, random thoughts that may come across our minds, or just anything that you may want to hear about. Anyway, so like I was trying to say, as seminarians, we're in a very unique position. We're right in the center, in the eye of the storm of Western civilization. We're dealing with culture from thousands of years ago, trying to mesh it with culture now. So hopefully this is a resource, like Nikolai said, of sharing that with you and, and trying to uh, let you in on some of our thoughts, our, our you know, unique perspectives, if I can be so bold as to call it that, certainly as a out-of-the-ordinary perspective sometimes. This is going to be a, an odyssey into the mind, the life, the times of the young men being formed into priests now. I called it an odyssey because that's a reference to culture, you see. I see what you did there. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So without further ado, let's introduce ourselves and let the audience know who we are. Who are your illustrious podcast leaders this week? Oh, so the one doing all the talking so far is Alex Brown. I am a seminarian for the Diocese of Allentown. This is my sixth year of formation. I started in the college. So I entered right out of high school, essentially what that amounts to. My name is Nikolai Berlinski, Diocese of Allentown as well. I am in my fifth year of seminary formation, first theology. Uh, I, as well as Alex, went through the college seminary for four years. And first theology out of four years of theology before priestly ordination, God willing. My name is Andrew St. Dennis, studying for the Diocese of Harrisburg. Unlike my three brothers here, 
I did not enter out of high school. I entered out of college. So I went to a state university. I went to Bloomsburg University, graduated in 2019, and then entered at St. Charles right away out of, out of college. And so I'm going through the pre-theology program. I'm currently in my second year of the pre-theology program. It's a two-year program that then goes into theology. So it's pretty much two years of just learning all the philosophy that all the other seminarians would, would have learned in the four years of college. So it's like a time just to catch up and get introduced to life as a seminarian and the process of seminary formation. And I'm Drew Tangway. I'm also studying from the Diocese of Harrisburg, and I am also in first theology with Nikolai. So in my fifth year of formation here, and so I went through four years of the college right out of high school, and now I'm here. Now we're here. We did it. Very good. But why are we here? That's a question that's going to be revealed in time through further episodes, I think. Hopefully. By way of an introduction, I suppose this is the pilot episode. If anyone's new to the seminary formation, I think it might be beneficial to see that through the eyes of someone who is actually new here. So, St. Dennis, I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's do it. Yeah. So what have you found to be advantageous about being a seminarian? You know, you're no longer a new man, first year under your belt. Yeah. What's it been like so far? Yeah, I I think I can honestly say that I have had the most fun in my life just in this past year and a handful of months. You know, with the exception of COVID, that was kind of a bummer Mm -hmm. for about everyone in the entire world. You know, there's this time where you get authentic friendships and fraternity and brotherhood that you can't really find anywhere else. You know, we kind of all, we all live together. Many of us share same interests, same hobbies. We all share the same faith, which is what we are able to build our lives upon. And so it's great to be here and to build our lives together, you know, striving towards this life in Christ. I found that to be the most advantageous of seminary formation. You know, just to be here in a house full of men striving towards holiness and doing it together. I think that's well said. I think that's well said. Because there really is a, a fraternity here. We pride ourselves on fraternity. Oh, yeah. Which is crafted by heading the same direction, believing the same things in a strangely diverse way. Why don't you say, like, we believe the same things, but we articulate it differently. So it, it is true, like, that the, the proverb yeah. is iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Yeah, I mean, if you walk into if you walk into a seminary, and I think this can go for any of them. I mean, I don't have much experience with other seminaries, but you, you'll see guys who have different views on things. They'll have different ways of ways of approaching again, just different things. But still, like you said, Alex, you know, iron sharpens iron. You know, we can come together in a loving way, share our ideas, and be able to take that, learn from each other, and grow from that, which I think is beautiful. All right, so can we talk a little bit about what are you learning, and then we'll open it up to the group as a whole. Um, what are you learning, and how does it compare to what you learned elsewhere? You went to Bloomsburg. Bloomsburg, Bloomsburg. Yeah. yeah. Like I said earlier, currently in pre-theology, so just going to be a lot of philosophy, a lot, a lot, a lot of philosophy, along with learning three languages, so Latin, ancient Greek, and Spanish. So... Spent a lot of time studying, trying to get things down, because here, you know, schoolwork is much different than it was in college. In college, I studied finance, so it was a lot of math and a lot of just 
plugging numbers into don't like into stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, my gosh. We, <laughs> we have a lot of engineers in this, in this, in this seminary. <laughs> yeah, I talked to I talked to my bishop about this actually last year where in college with, you know, finance and with math classes, there wasn't a whole lot of thinking involved. It was just take the numbers that you're given, plug it in, and you get an answer, and that's what it is. And here, studying philosophy, uh, you're given you know different rules and laws of logic and just a history of the thoughts of different philosophers throughout the ages from you know Socrates, Aristotle, St. Thomas, all the way up to you know modern philosophers and just taking their ideas and trying to come to understand them and also you know grow in knowledge from that as well as you know learn how those philosophies tie in with our catholic theology and how it you know helps us reason to the things that the church teaches so what did you find was like the hardest adjustment to get into coming into the seminary yeah so once again, you know, coming straight out of college where there's no limits to like a quote unquote freedom. Yeah. Where you can just do whatever you want as long as, you know, it's legal. That's about it. Whereas here, you know, we have curfews, we have house rules and, you know, just things that we have to live by. So that way, you know, we can be fully engaged with the formation and mm. spend time here because it's really important that we spend the time here and spend the time engaged in our work, in our prayer, in our studies. So that way, you know, we can be formed to be good men for God. So I think the biggest adjustment for me was just giving up that, you know, ability to just, you know, get up and go and do whatever I want. Mm. I can't just leave at one o'clock in the morning because I feel hungry to go down to the Wendy's and go pick up a burger. You know, mm. can't do that anymore. Oh my gosh, um, are people really up at that hour? You're I thought about this. I'm really asleep at that hour. <laughs> well, it was crazy to think back. Like two years ago, I would just easily be up till three, four o'clock in the morning. Okay, and that's now ridiculous. I, what? I can't make it till like ten o'clock. I'm just out. I quickly become Yo. an old man. <laughs> True. Yo, twenty three, turning fifty. <laughs> that took me a second. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, the day of recording this, it's the feast day of Pope St. John, the, excuse me. St. John Paul St. John II. Paul II, right, mm. um, whose motto was totus tuos, you know, totally yours. And that's what we're trying to foster here is a total self-giving to the church, to God, and just really fostering that in the little things, in the little things such yeah. as accountability, showing up to class, etc. Yeah, I think you touched on something right there, and this is something I... I have learned just from this past year of formation and living here in the seminary. But in college, when I came back to the faith, I was just thinking about trying to knock out all the big things, you know, without really thinking about what are the small things in my life that I can change or the small things in my life that are going good that I should really be focusing on um, instead of trying to think of these big lofty goals. But like you said, it's being able to dedicate ourselves not only in the big things, but to really hone in on those small little things and let them be the building blocks that grow up to something bigger, which I think is a much easier way of approaching things than mm -hmm. trying to, you know, knock a home run out of the park every single time. Yeah, that's, that's well said. On the subject of adjustments and starting new beginnings, Drew, 
Drew, you just finished four years in the college. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Right. So college, you're taking gen eds along with the philosophy, which uh, Andrew was talking about. But now you are in theology, a little bit of a new ballgame. What's that adjustment been like? What's the difference? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So theology has a little bit more freedom than the college. Like Andrew was saying, there is a lot of a lot of change that that most people coming from a regular university have to go through uh, when they enter seminary. For me, coming from high school, in some ways it felt like I never left. <laughs> mm. It's uh, there are very strict curfews and and rules about like how how we can dress and how we can act in public and all sorts of various things. Although it's it's interesting that the rules they don't really feel constrictive because you really get into it. Really, just forces you to be with the other guys. And there is nothing I would have rather done in those four years than just spend as much time as possible in a room in chairs, just talking with guys. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hence the reason that we think we can start a podcast, honestly. Because yeah. now we're just four guys sitting in chairs talking to each other. <laughs> right, right. So coming into theology, there's uh, a little bit more freedom there. Able to leave campus on a more regular basis. I still don't most of the time, but... <laughs> But there's still a bit of adjustment there. I'd say probably the biggest adjustment, though, is just the the classes and the workload. Mm. Um, because in college, uh, like Alex said, we're, we're learning philosophy and we're learning gen eds. We're going through classes that some of them we honestly are just kind of given in the curriculum in order to, like, be accredited as a university. <laughs> like, we don't really care that much about arithmetic (laughs) Um, it comes in helpful kind of yeah yeah, but it's it's mostly there to check off boxes and then on the the higher end of of those classes are the philosophy classes and the language classes which are really interesting and really caught my attention and i had a lot of fun with and really let me learn a lot about the world god and myself but in at the end of the day they they were a means to an end uh, we study philosophy because it helps us think like a theologian. Mm-hmm. And so once once you kind of reach a point in philosophy, you start to realize that it only gets you so far. That's because it's only supposed to get you so far. It's designed to get you to a point where you can jump into theology. And now that I'm here studying it, it's just a whole different ball game where every single second of class time is directly related to what it is that I want to do and what it is that I want to be. So it's really just just awe-inspiring. <laughs> one of my favorite stories that we learned about why are we studying philosophy, and we have one of the early church writers, Tertullian, who made this famous quote on one of his writings. He says, what does Athens have to do with Jerusalem? In other words, what does philosophy have anything to do with theology? What, what does it matter what Plato and Aristotle had to contribute we're talking about the truth of the faith that's coming from God, from Jerusalem, right? Well, the answer is it has everything to do with it. If we don't have a, a basis of what what is a person, what is a soul, what is God, like what are we saying when we say the word God? If we don't have that as a grounding, we're not going to be good theologians. We're not going to be good priests by long shot. So I think it, it's so awesome that we had that background in philosophy, but it, it does feel good to have our boots in the mud of, of theology now. That's well said. I like that. I wouldn't have thought of that quote again. 
again, just to elaborate, we, we think about philosophy in modern philosophy. We think about it as people sitting around who don't really have, you know, the charism to work or like be in finance or like build things. It's just a bunch of people sitting around being like, now the spoon, what if the spoon wasn't a spoon? What if it was just like a duck we think is a spoon <laughs> or something like inane, like, like thought machine like that, like some sort of thought process like that. But philosophy, classic philosophy is getting at the truth of things. It's not just it's not just, just fooling around with your thought or like seeing how far you can you can get certain premises. It's really philosophy is finding the truth. And what did Christ say? Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if we're missing the truth, if we're missing how to think, how to act, how to what to believe rightly, we're missing a third of Christ himself, the person of Christ, who we're trying to be as priests. So that's where we spend either an intensive two years or four years forming ourselves into that life, being formed in that lifestyle. Yeah. It's also, um, like like Alex was saying, it's it's not, it's ultimately not rooted in over-intellectualizing every detail of life. That's kind of what it ends up becoming for some people. But like ultimately philosophy is, is just like rooted in just like common sense. All right, so... Whenever I tip this pitcher over, it falls and gets cracked. So obviously, like, there's some connection between my pushing this thing and it falling. And, like, that's just, like, those are the basic building blocks from which everything else in philosophy is made. So when you get to, like, these high abstract concepts, like, if you just, like, told about them right off the bat, if I just told you that, like, God is the first unmoved mover and that he... Uh, affects the world not through horizontal causality but ver- vertical causality that would just be incomprehensible it's just nonsense St. Dennis is scratching his head right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's not gotten that far I don't have a degree in philosophy <laughs> you're in a room with three bachelors buddy <laughs> yeah my bachelor's just in business I, I got nothing on this <laughs> on the other hand if I tell you that like things that happen happen because something made them happen you're like oh yeah well, obviously. And it's like, yes. <laughs> mm. The the first truths of philosophy are always, like, really obvious. It's like how in math, like, 2 plus 2 equals 4. And you're like, yeah, okay, good job, mathematicians. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like those are just, like, the building blocks that lead up to just incredible things. Yeah. Before, uh, I have a question for any of you, either three of you. But I just wanted to make the point, too, that I think it is, especially in today's day and age, very important that we study philosophy before we move on to theological studies because we just need to learn how to think. Mm. You know, the way that a lot of people are thinking today is based off of bad logic or, you know, bad premises, not being able to put together a basic syllogism, which I couldn't do before coming into into seminary either. So I'm um, just being able to, for our sake, uh, hopefully, you know, one day for the sake of our parishioners, you know, to be able to see through and be able to understand what's being said in the public sphere to interpret that and bring that to others so that way we can bring them the truth. But kind of derailing the philosophy discussion now. <laughs> oh, please. Because <laughs> um, I, know, I know, at least for myself, I like to take a break from the philosophy because it's, oh, yeah. it's not my, my strongest suit. But um, just back to kind of the basics of seminary, 
And maybe if someone's listening that is either in college right now and is thinking of like transferring out to come to seminary, or if they're in high school and they're being told, no, you should go to a quote unquote real college, which I completely disagree with. This is much more of a real college. I can promise you. Um, you know, coming from your guys's perspective, who, you know, this is where you went to school after high school. What would you say to guys that are, you know, thinking, what, what should, what's my next move? Should I go to college seminary? I'd say there's nothing to lose from going to college seminary because there's always uh, room for discernment even in our lives. Even if we don't become priests, it's good to have a time in our lives when we're focused on figuring out who am I and what do I want out of life? What does God want out of my life? And how can I make that happen? There, are, I've known plenty of great guys who have come into seminary and have figured out that God is not calling them to priesthood. And they were the better for it because seminary is only like one-fourth about what we learn in the classroom, if that. Really, most of the value of seminary comes from what we learn about ourselves and really just discovering who it is that we are. Because coming out of high school, I had only lived around like the same people my whole life. I came from a small town, so my graduating class was 100 people. So I was with those same 100 people for my entire life. And I didn't know anything else. <laughs> wow, you knew a whole 100 people. <laughs> so my identity was caught up more with those people around me than it probably was with myself. So having a, a new environment um, where I could explore myself, but in a healthy and virtuous way, where I was like guided by people who knew what they were doing instead of just thrown into a jungle with a stick and told to survive <laughs> um, is very helpful. And like, well, it is true that coming out of seminary, you're like kind of, let's say you go to seminary for two or three years and then figure out that's not what you're being called to. Sure, on one hand, you're two or three years behind your peers. On the other hand, they probably had to change majors two or three times already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> and so, you ended with finance? I started out pre-med and I ended with finance. <laughs> Don't we all? Ironically, I didn't want to go to school for eight years, and now I have to go to school for ten years. Hey. God's a jokester sometimes. Um, I want to take that establisher question there. I really like one of the phrases that you said at the end there about What's the next step? Um, that's been a big part of my prayer life in discernment. Um, before I entered seminary, I was homeschooled for all 12 years of my education. And so I was really at this point of like, oh, but do I want to go to like to real school in the world or do I want to go to seminary? And that was my prayer was just, God, show me the next step. Show me the next step. Sometimes I think we get a little bit carried away with like, wait a minute, but but the goal is marriage or the priesthood. And like, I don't know if I could be a good priest as a senior in high school, but that's not the point. The point is... You will not be a good priest in a, as a senior yeah, in high school. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could tell you that. Yeah. But that, that prayer of, oh, just show me just the next step. That's all I need is what's the next step for me? And God answered that prayer and he said, the next step for you is seminary. This is where I'm going to put you. And I lasted four years in the college seminary. Somebody who just lasts one year, two years, maybe just a week. You're going to be better for it because you've committed a piece of your life 
to dedicating yourself to God and to growing in holiness. One of the things that our dean of men in the college would always say is, we're not forming you to be priests yet. We're forming you to be Catholic gentlemen. And I thought that was beautiful because a priest has to be a Catholic gentleman before he could be a good father, you know. So to be formed to be a Catholic gentleman and then pushed on to theology, okay, now your formation to the priesthood is continuing and, and more direct. I think that for me, college seminary was the right choice. Maybe it's not for everybody, but I don't think that anybody should be afraid to pray about what's the next step for me and to answer if, if seminary is the right thing. Yeah. Awesome. There's a, there's a joke among seminarians that seminarians who discern out are always the quickest to find a girlfriend, get married, and yeah, just move forward yeah. with their lives that way. And in a way, it's true because people are just really attracted to that. Like Nikolai said, the people who went through seminary for any length of time are better people. <laughs> uh, not like not better people for yeah, yeah better yeah. than they well, were before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're just better than everyone. Not, we are not objectively better. Than you. <laughs> not in so much as they're they're elite, but in so much as they are more themselves, mm. and they've taken that time, and they are more of a Catholic gentleman, and so that. That makes them a better husband and father, even if it doesn't end up making them a priest. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, we probably are running close to the end of time, but I think what might be worth exploring in further episodes is how some people outside the seminary might be able to implement seminary-esque qualities into their lives and see how we can make this sort of transferable to other people and, and do that sort of self-exploration that we were talking about and, and finding how the soul can be more conformed to God and then and consequently be more conformed to itself. So this has yeah. been a good conversation, I think. If you've listened this far, I'm really grateful, I'll tell you. <laughs> I, I feel better having had this conversation, so yeah. hopefully you do too. Yeah. So folks, my name's Alex Brown, Ebenezer Waddleby, Joseph Hickens, Jutangwe. That's a long name. <laughs> no, I'm Alex Brown. <laughs> I'm Nikolai Berlinski. I'm Andrew St. Dennis. And I'm Drew Tangway. And this is Harder Than It Looks. Mm-hmm.